0: You're listening to the Boca Banter Photography Podcast with Joe High and Chris Golden. On today's show, make a plan indoors. Like, okay, guys, we're going to do this photo, then go and do it and get back inside. Like, don't figure it out while you're in the cold. As opposed to,
1: all right, now, um, why don't you... Yeah, why don't don't you wrap your hand... No, not there, you know?
0: That, That doesn't look professional at all. It's all coming up on Boca Banter. Hey, you're listening to the first ever episode of Boca Banter with Joe and Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Joe. How you been? I've been pretty good. Thank you for letting us record this first episode in your house.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a tiny little drafty room, uh, pink paint on the walls. It's a bit of an interesting scenario to be talking to another man face to face. Yeah, and...
0: in, a, in a small in a small pink room. I just, it just occurred to me how weird it is, actually. But that's, <laughs> not, that's why we're not filming this. That's true.
1: Yes. So, There's a multitude of reasons why we're not filming this, and... Uh, the pink room is pink room is probably of one of them.
0: Yeah, boy, how do we how do we want to like introduce ourselves here? I mean, we've already we've already got the um, introductory episode out there, but this is this is for real. I'm
1: excited. Yeah, this is great. So I I think that the best thing to do would just be kind of dive right into our two main subjects that we're going to be talking about today. And I think that the first thing would be uh, shooting winter scenes. Uh, Because it's cold and it's New York. It's very cold and it's (laughs) New York and it is currently snowing out, uh, dealing with ice freezing over. Yep, uh, it's going to make it fun when I try to
0: drive back home.
1: (laughs) Props to you for coming all the way out here. What have you been shooting this winter so far? So... uh, Shooting professionally is a bit of a new thing to me. So I've done a couple of quick little family shoots that have been made with the intention of being used for Christmas cards or getting large format prints as gifts for people. Um, And it's been kind of interesting, you know, most of the shooting that I do, or at least before I went pro would be, you know, just kind of going out and about into town, doing landscapes and stuff like that. But it's interesting the contrast between shooting for pleasure in the winter and shooting
0: for profit. Mm hmm. It is. Uh, I mean, that's the case that in any season, I think um, there is that extra pressure like, OK, now I can't just enjoy this. You know, I, mm-hmm. I there's there's a quota that I have to meet. I have to meet a certain amount of photos. That's true. But the winterscape tends to add a, 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 a new layer of challenge, I
1: suppose. Layer Not only.
0: Snow. Yes. Yeah, snow, specifically. a layer of snow.
1: Yes. Yes. A that... layer of snow all over. It's a, a giant white card basically. So many puns. Yes. <laughs> but it, it's an interesting thing because, you know, normally, you know, you'd be exposing for your background. And then if you have a flash, you'd be, you know, dialing that into the correct setting. But like when you're working in an entirely snow environment, you've got to deal with not only the ambient light, but also the light bouncing right off of the snow and into your subjects. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite interesting the way that that works in the shadows that kind of get created because
0: mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, a lot of people, a lot of photographers say that they really like shooting in uh, cloudier days, Mm -hmm. but tell you what, a cloudy day on snow, I mean, it's like, I'm not going to say you don't need any flashes because I've still added flashes in that kind of situation and you get pretty cool results, Mm -hmm. but there's a pretty sweet look of just completely even lighting. There's, there's no weird shadows, mm-hmm. no raccoon eyes or anything. And you have, it's almost like a, um, shoot. What am I thinking of? The clam lighting where you got one like yep. beauty dish above and then a reflector below. You just got, yep, Cause got that's these, basically
1: the entire environment. Yeah, I mean, the no sky matter what is you your do,
0: big old diffusion box. And then you got a reflector of snow on the bottom. It, exactly. It, it actually works out really well. See the problem that I had during my first winter shoot of the
1: season and my first, uh, one doing it professionally this year, um, uh, was that it was a very cloudy day, so it was interesting exposing for not bright light coming down and bouncing off, but like just kind of flat light almost. Well, that, that's
0: what I'm saying. Like I actually enjoy shooting in that. Really? Yeah. Okay. And you, okay, so this is interesting. Let's talk about that cloudy days in the snow. What yeah, You so, don't you don't like them? I do. Well, when I was editing,
1: it's um, you know, everything was a bit of a challenge trying to expose for my subject and also not completely overblow everything else or darken everything else too, because when I was exposing for my subjects, like the snow would almost kind of start to look
0: kind of flat and gray and gross. Yeah. I, okay. Um, I mean, can I tell you what I do in that situation? Uh, I totally look at the histogram. Mm -hmm. Um, I I'll compose and I'll get the, um, the, the pose and the framing that I like, but the exposure, I just, I know it won't look good in the camera. So I just make sure that I'm not peeking on either side of the histogram. Make sure that nothing's blown out. Make sure that nothing is completely black. That makes and, sense. And then in post, you can bring things out.
1: Yeah, the um, when I was editing in post, editing in general is one of my biggest uh, rooms for improvement. But when I was editing, I found it very easy to kind of lean to that very contrasty, very instagram kind of look mm-hmm. when uh, going through and post-processing them just because that would be... The easiest way for me to go and add a little bit of contrast and add a little oh, yeah. bit more in there, but it, it definitely leaned into more of that filterish kind of look, and I'm not entirely sure I like that.
0: It's definitely something I have to explore. Well, I and think that play around with. I, I think that one of the advantages of shooting on cloudy days in the snow is because it's basically a blank canvas. You mm. have you have that room to get all of the shadows or highlights as as contrasty as you want, versus shooting in the middle of the day when a sunny day, you, you kind of have, you almost have to work around the light Mm -hmm. instead of it. Just like, I consider like a cloudy day in the snow is like, here's, here's clay. You can make whatever you want with it. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. But you can also, you can add light to it. And if you do that, then you can actually make your subject brighter than the surroundings, Mm -hmm. which that's the thing that I don't like about cloudy days in the snow is because there's nothing really to make your subject pop. Unless mm-hmm. you're on, like, you put them against a dark backdrop. Right. If it's just, like, a snow field, it, it's it's really difficult. But if you add some light onto them, you can make some contrast. And you can make the sky darker and the background darker. But of course. It, 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 that's a nice contrast, too.
1: So, going back to the subject of, like, a, a nice snowy field, that's another interesting challenge that I find myself facing as a, a first-time person shooting in the winter more uh, regularly, I suppose. It'd be... Uh, finding those good backgrounds, finding something interesting. Because, I mean, you go to one field in the middle of spring or summer and it's full of flowers. You go there, you know, a couple months down the road. It's covered yeah. in a blanket of snow. And then that same field is just hundreds and hundreds of yards of just
0: white. Yeah, that that's really what... I, I've been doing a lot of engagement shoots. And I've got more scheduled, especially after Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my biggest concern is just finding something pretty. Mm-hmm. So couple things i've been doing been trying to set up shoots with the clients and saying specifically like we want to do this in the snow right yeah totally okay well then we're going to make sure that there is snow like we'll set a date we'll set a time if there's no snow we will reschedule for when there is snow we'll mm-hmm. we'll try again you know um i mean i guess if you live in like alaska then it's just snow all the time right <laughs> but there's no sun so <laughs> that's true also you could consider not doing a nature scene you could do somewhere like um, you know, downtown Corning where where, where, where where we're at around here, I'm going to do a shoot there because she actually specifically said this, this bride, she wanted to do at night with lights in the background and snow. And I'm like, perfect. Market, market, we got an option world. for you. awesome. We got a street here. It's going to be all snowy. There's shops lit up all the lights and the trees. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, think like that too. One other thing that I've noticed is that you can actually do a lot more if you really stack the cards in your favor as far as the environment. And unfortunately, most people who are, have asked me for photos, like they don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know what actually I need to um, to be able to make it work. And if, I'll just tell them like, nowadays I'll just tell them. Before I would, I would just be like, okay, wherever you want to go, we'll shoot and I'll just deal with it. And sometimes they chose like a terrible environment with mm-hmm. a disgusting backdrop on a terrible time of day. And now I'll say like, we need to shoot at this time and this is a good place to shoot like i'll i'll take charge of it which they prefer because they don't want to have to plan their own shoot that's why they're asking me mm-hmm. so like you know what works i guess i'm talking to you now answering your question like you know what works you know what would be good conditions just say let's do this yeah yeah that's perfectly fine taking control of the situation
1: i mean in the end you're going to be responsible for the final product so you might as well be responsible for the scheduling
0: of it the environment the location everything mm-hmm. the problem that i have actually in winter is not so much with the light it's with the uh, the cold. If I can, these days, I try to have a sanctuary, if you will, somewhere to go inside between shoots. Like, even if it's just like a running car. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that would be fine. You know, if, even downtown, if we can just like, hey, we're going to meet in the cafe. We'll take some shoots. We'll go back in the cafe. I was doing a wedding in actually at Centerway Square. And oh my gosh, dude, it was so cold. It was, I swear, 15 below With because it was
1: all windy. hmm And this is the same location that you said you were taking that family shoot to the bride that wanted all
0: the lights in the background and everything. Yep. Same location, but this was a very bad day and it was a wedding and it was outdoor in that little stand that they have by the clock tower. What what time of day? Just for
1: reference. Middle of the day. Sun's right above their eyes, raccoon eyes, not the best scenario.
0: Well, I think it was a cloudier day. So we didn't have, it was actually really good lighting conditions, but it was painfully cold. Sure. and there was there was no way around it other than like we would do we'd do some photos and we'd go back inside and warm up and we'd shoot as fast as we could like make a plan indoors like okay guys we're gonna do this photo this pose this pose here's exactly what we're gonna do then go and do it and get back inside like don't figure it out while you're in the cold that also kind of lends a little
1: bit to your professionalism as well. So it doesn't seem like you're just faking it in the field. Like if you go out with a plan saying, Hey, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing, as opposed to, all right, now, um, why don't you, yeah. Oh, why don't you wrap you. your hand? Or, no, not there. They'll you know, they will hate you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the more <laughs> you dawdle, the worse you look and the colder it is even more. So yeah, it's, it's
0: that, that doesn't look professional at all. Mm-hmm. So
1: now I know that you tend to do a lot of, uh, You like to do a lot of pose shoots and I do a lot more candids where I'll give a couple direction and um, like just kind of let them go with it, so to speak. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you would photograph my wedding, it was all it was a lot of like, you know, put your hand here, do this, sneak up on them like you're hugging them from behind or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I do a lot more candid stuff, which is like, okay, now you guys hold hands, walk together down this road, bump hips into each other and just kind of like going with the moment. I wonder if that would help out at all, because like when you're doing a couple, obviously you're holding them together for warmth Uh, when Mm -hmm. you're doing candid stuff and like having people. All right, now jump on his back or something like that. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that little bit of activity helps, too.
0: Yeah, if you can make them move, that helps a lot. Yeah, jumping um, jacks are advised. Yeah, if you can, <laughs> if you can do something that's you know more active and have them interacting with each other, you can get like multiple shots too mm-hmm. out of you know just a few seconds of activity, and then they don't have to hold still. Right. Um, I do want to make a correction though. You said that I do more posed shots. There's a reason for that. And it's not to get posed shots because I actually don't like stiff posed shots. Pose is kind of a four letter. Pose is a four letter word. Actually. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. You give more direction than I do. Thank you. I, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's for the, I do that so that people are more comfortable because I've found that people are less comfortable in front of the camera when I'm taking pictures of them if they don't know what to do. So the more that I can tell them like, do this, do this, do this, mm-hmm. the better. What happens on the flip side of that is if you say, stand with this way, make sure that your right leg is pointed this way with your knee over your toe and now your left hand, bend your arm at a 45 degree angle and put it, touch it to you. Okay. No. Unless you're working to get like one photo of for, models, of a model who's like does this professionally, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, these are just people who want to get nice pictures.
1: Yeah. it's probably It's probably the first time that some of these people have had their photograph professionally taken
0: since grade school. Which blows my mind actually like that's a question that I'll ask people like oh have you done have you ever done like photos before and they're like nope and, like you've never I mean you didn't like go to Walmart or something and get family photos mm-hmm. or like high school senior photos or church photos or they're like nope I'm like man that's I don't know that was that maybe it was just me like did you did you guys have like family pictures pretty regularly as you were growing up? Uh, there is one family photo that
1: is hanging up on the mantle in my parents' house, and it has been there for the past 15 years, and I'll actually tell you why that we never bothered updating it, is because it was the first time that we'd been able to get my entire family together for one shot, and secondly, which is very challenging to do, and secondly, uh, it was the last photo that we'd gotten with our grandmother, in like a a nice flattering light nice professional camera so Mm. there's 20 of us there with my grandmother who has since passed so it's almost like an heirloom so to speak so we don't really bother trying to do it didn't want to replace it exactly yeah i mean it's hard to let go of that kind of thing and it's not like you're going to tear up the photo or anything like that but once you have something hanging up on the
0: wall for so long it becomes a part of the home yeah that's a good point i wonder if some are you the oldest of, of your siblings uh my sister's older than i am by three years Okay, so there's the two of you. I yeah. Because I'm the oldest of four, and I wonder if that actually has something to do with it too. Where, like, I'm sorry, but your, your parents take more pictures of the oldest kid than the younger ones. Oh, of course. Did. Yeah, you so, get used to it. <laughs> yeah, so maybe we just had more family photos that I remember, but maybe my youngest sibling <laughs> didn't have as many. So maybe maybe that's actually why. That could be the case. Um, I, just, I just thought it was normal to get, like, a ton of... It just kind of seems to lessen over the years. Come to think of it, it might have. And I mean, now m- we're all like moved out and doing stuff. So it's even harder to get pictures like that. Mm-hmm. So like, I think the most recent family picture that we have is uh, from my wedding, actually, this past year or so. Good way to get family photos in.
1: I, I had a total mom momtographer, hmm. a- as in my mom bought the cheapest Nikon DSLR that she could find, started shooting weddings for, you know, $500, handing people the SD cards at the end of it and saying goodbye. She gave away the whole card? Yeah, the SD card, she'd buy a brand new memory card every single time, and throughout the wedding she'd take a photo, go through if she didn't like one, then she'd delete it and then hand it off. The the photos were not spectacular, but I mean she kept it in automatic mode. She was firing mm-hmm. her built-in flash all the time. She didn't know any better. I mean how,
0: how do you how do you feel about this? It's
1: <laughs> it's inspired me to do better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's well, I mean, that is that was so adorably polite of you (laughs) to (laughs) say
1: love you mom but um no i mean like for my senior photos i mean it was literally just in our backyard uh posing in like the cheesiest all right now put one foot up on this stack of logs and hold your hand right here on your waist and so like it's like i'm doing a superman pose over a dead tree it, and I'm not an outdoorsy person. We're sitting in a room that has probably 50 different Nintendo consoles inside of it.
0: Yeah, I was looking at all your Game Boys here. Like, you could decorate your Christmas tree with your Game Boys,
1: <laughs> and they'd all light up, too.
0: Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, I think we're getting a little off topic here at this L- point. A little bit, but it's, it's okay. This, I want these to be like real conversations. You know, just yeah. like, this is kind of like just following us. We're two photographers, we're both getting further and further into the industry, and this is just us documenting, like our exploration of this sort mm-hmm. of thing. But it is Christmas time. It is Christmas time. So, what's on your Christmas list? With in, in general what, or what, photo what, related? Let's let's limit it to because I know you probably have more Game Boys, but <laughs> photog- photography related. What's on your Christmas? List? Or what would you put on your Christmas list? Because can I just acknowledge first of all that if you're trying to buy a gift for a photographer. And you're on a budget, you're gonna have a hard time (laughs) because all the things that I want these days, I'm like, oh, there's this lens that I want, it's sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, there's this camera, it's three grand. You know,
1: (laughs) that that is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, and normally the stuff that is within most people's price range is usually kind of the gimmicky stuff. You know, I don't I don't want to slam anybody, but you know, some of the gifts that you can receive over time are more novelties than anything else, like. Uh, you know, have you ever seen those screw on wide angle lens adapters? Like they'll actually screw on where your filters are and make your standard lens into a fisheye. I, I
0: think I've like purposely averted my eyes from those. (laughs) I don't blame you. They're terrible. (laughs) Is it like the reverse of a like, telephoto adapter? Like, if you put a 2X adapter on a prime lens, then it
1: It's almost up. exactly the same as that, except that it screws on to the end where your normal uh, UV filter or whatever that might end up that being. That doesn't seem like a terrible idea, though. Or do they just suck? Well, the thing is, is that they go so wide that they actually get the inside of the adapter in the shot. Oh. Oh. That's so you're left pointless. Not only cropping in an image, but also with this horribly distorted, like... 90s movie where the villain goes up to the camera to reveal his nefarious plot, and he's way too close and way too uncomfortable, and it's just not a good situation. But yeah, I mean, Adapters.
0: there are definitely
1: there are definitely some good budget gifts that you can find for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It just kind of depends on what you're looking for. What would you want?
0: In general, or like trying to be nice and keep a okay, budget friendly? Let's do this. Like let's let's name let's each name a couple things that like we would want. Okay. This year. Yep. And then we'll just throw out some other ideas for the sake of throwing out more ideas. If I'm
1: trying to be nice and not ask for something like a seventy to two hundred,
0: okay, for instance, let, let's
1: say let's keep it below like fifty dollars. That's like a standard, say, attainable I was say price range. Keep it below a hundred,
0: but I mean, we could do that. Let's do. Let's keep it below a hundred. Sure, because I'm greedy. Okay. Uh, I think that the best
1: card that you could get, or the best thing that you could get for any photographer, I just. I buried the lead right there. Uh, uh, Some type of memory card, depending on the person that you're getting it for. I mean,
0: there's no such thing as too much memory or having a backup. At the same time, I feel like that's the equivalent of giving someone like a new shirt for Christmas. Okay. It's totally not sexy, but totally necessary.
1: Yeah. Which sometimes you need a little less sexy. I don't want my mom to get me a sexy gift.
0: So Chris's mom... Get an SD card for Chris. No, I mean, I, I I save Christmas for like exciting things, you know? I like practical things. Anytime I need something practical, I just go out and get it. That's true. If I need a new card, I've already got a new card. My favorite thing about Christmas is getting gifts of things that you don't want to buy yourself.
1: Like who wants to go out and buy another memory card? When it's like a gift, it's like, oh man, socks. I really didn't want to buy these, but I appreciate getting them.
0: Well then, you have, you and I have a different, very different view of getting gifts.
1: I mean, it's fun to get the exciting gifts all the time, but I don't know. It's something about getting something practical that you didn't want to buy yourself. Like I'd never go out and buy myself a sweatshirt when I could just ask for one for Christmas for my wife, and she'd pick one up for me, and it'd probably have a cool logo or a design that I'd never seen before.
0: Okay. I Utter mean, silence. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, here here here's something that. All right. I hit, would... me, hit me with your. Budget-friendly. Okay. Wish list item. I have uh two. I have two things here, but I'll just say one, and I'll I'll save the other for later. Um, one thing that I think would be really cool. I like for for Christmas gifts. I like something that like I really needed, and I would be really excited to get, or something that I've not thought of before. Mm-hmm. That kind of opens up a new new opportunities. Uh, so, elaborate. Thirty-five millimeter film camera, mechanical. Okay. You can get these things on eBay. There are a ton of them out there. That's like the Minolta SR one oh one, I think it's called. There's a bunch by Nikon Canon uh, makes the Canon AE. But I would say find an old camera, get a metal body one, 35 millimeter, one that doesn't require any batteries. You can find a you can find so many. And they require no batteries other than the light meter. So what this does and I'm, I'm talking to you right now because I really want to see you shoot a roll of film ah oof, black magic to me at this point that's right? actually that's actually something I wanted to do on this show that'd be great I wanted to go out and get you to shoot a roll of film and then we come back and talk about what it was like <sighs> scary I've, you've, you've seen my collection I have like a whole shelf of like old old cameras that still mm-hmm. work it's so, so cool
1: See, now that's, that would be on my do not buy Christmas list is old cameras
0: that I honestly wouldn't care that much about. Okay, the reason that I think this would be valuable though is because it's, film is a different look. Mm-hmm. And no, you wouldn't use it professionally. Well, actually, you could use it professionally. I know people who do. Yeah. But it forces you to shoot so deliberately. Mm-hmm. It's it's awesome. It's It's so invigorating to have that anticipation of like, I shot 35 images or 36 images. However, maybe if you can squeeze in 37 and not know what they look like until you get it developed. It's so much more magical. I I, I can definitely
1: get the sense of anticipation and like there's almost a sense of intimacy to developing your own role of film.
0: Yes. Like being a part of the process. Get the camera and get the stuff to develop the film yourself. Yes. It makes it that much more yourself. That I could totally see as an absolutely rad Christmas gift. I'm talking
1: about oh, you know, your your grandfather-in-law had this old camera
0: that he used to use in 1940, and we don't know if it works anymore, but here. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. Because chances are if you... Well, I mean, if, it's still, if it still works, great. But I'm talking about, like, getting a camera that you can go out, shoot... Uh, it's. I know some people would say, like, oh, just go out with your digital camera and just turn the display off and shoot 35 images. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. Like, that you have to be so deliberate. You have to use a light meter or, or you have to just know exposure really well. Yep. And you have to wait, you have to wait. That is the cool thing, but I've done this and not only is it just fun, it makes your digital shooting better. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was kind of things that I was thinking of when I would think like, okay, what do I want for a Christmas gift? Plus I'm not a film right now. So that would be on my, my list. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I wanted to put things on a Christmas list that would like open up new opportunities or further education, further skills somehow, somehow be able to get something that would bring my photography to the next level. And I think that an exercise in shooting a roll of 35 millimeter makes anybody who's never done it before, you're going to be a better photographer after doing it. Yeah, that that's a
1: fantastic point that you bring up. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of that is that, you know, not only can a gift be something that you unwrap, but it can also be... Uh, a course or it can be a workshop or something along those lines where um... oh, that was my second thing actually ha so thanks a lot you're welcome i'm just gonna steal your thunder as much as i can well yeah so joe was... tell me about what a good idea for uh maybe like i don't know something to
0: further your skills would be oh uh um yeah okay point taken i got i got one more this is actually a physical <laughs> no
1: thing. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you Tell me something cool about a way that you can get someone a gift to expand their skills.
0: Like a workshop. You could buy them an admission to a workshop. Hey, that's pretty good. Actually, you know what would be good as, uh I don't know if it's below $100, but, you know, like PhotoPlus or WPPI, if you've got the means. Mm-hmm. Going to those kind of conventions there and having access to a whole bunch of workshops, they're really good. And you'll learn a lot.
1: WPPI is a very uh, a very specific one, though. Uh, I feel like
0: specifically wedding photography.
1: Yes. Uh, What is it? Wedding photographers, professional. Imaging.
0: Sure. We'll go with that. My apologies to everybody who inevitably knows what that is actually (laughs) called.
1: But like PhotoPlus is like a, a universal thing that you can. Yes. Attend. It's photography of all shapes and sizes. And it's the easier one for us to access because it's in New York. That's true. That that is kind of a double edged sword as a gift, though, because it's one of those gifts that implies a certain bit of work to be done. Okay. Like, I'm getting you this, but now you have to clear your schedule, you have to get so a flight, you have to get a
0: room. Now the gifts have to be something that don't require any work?
1: Well, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's one of those things you have to be aware of. You can't just say, hey, I got you this thing, and then expect them to be willing to drop everything to do it.
0: Like well, this I was listing, that has to I have was a listing certain... things that, like, I would want. <laughs> oh, yeah. If somebody said, hey, here's admission for an uh, all-access pass to PhotoPlus, I'd be like... Cool. Thanks. Guess what? Talk to my wife like we're going. To, we're going to New York. Perfect. Ooh. But you also have a situation where you can just pack up and do that. True. I forgot. So maybe that's. I don't know if we said this before, but I'm the self-employed one between the two of us. Mm-hmm. You still work uh, two jobs. One being your. Your your day job, quote unquote, and then your photography job.
1: Correct. So it would be a little bit more challenging. I mean, if somebody's doing a Monday through Friday nine to five, and you know the expos over the weekend or something along those lines, then yeah, that's fine. That's one thing. But y- you, it's hard to imply knowledge that someone will have that
0: availability. Okay. So for you, just just give you money. <laughs> the, give you enough money that you don't have to work two jobs.
1: All I want for Christmas is cash.
0: Yeah. Okay, I had one actually cool little product that is in my bag and I use it at like every wedding. Okay. It's macro extension tubes. All right. Macro, you know what I'm talking about, right? I know they, exactly what you're talking about, yeah. but I'd like you to describe it. They are glassless extent <laughs> All right, there's just noise in the background. I'm sure you hear it. It's all it's all okay. Um, they are glassless uh, uh, modifiers that you put on the base of your lens, between between the lens and the camera. Mm-hmm. And what this does is it makes your lens further away from the sensor so that whatever lens you have, the minimum focus distance becomes much, much shorter. Layman's terms, you can turn any lens into a macro lens. Mm-hmm. Okay, Now, it's not the same as having a macro lens. So if you, if you want like macro photography, don't do this because there are caveats, but if you want the ability, but it's a, a good
1: alternative. If you're taking one shot in a wedding, or... which is my situation. Exactly. Yeah. Not if you're going to be taking pictures of Caterp- Caterpillar, Caterpies <laughs> boy on the Game Boy discussion <laughs> right now. Sorry, Pokemon. everybody. <laughs> no, but, uh, you, you know any type of standard macro photography that you'd want to use it for. I mean, it's a very specialized item. The other, uh, the other interesting thing that I've looked into these before, and I noticed that some of them support autofocus
0: and some of them are entirely manually focused. Well, the ones that I have, uh, they don't change the, the, the autofocus. So you can still autofocus. The, the trick is that it, it, um, it lowers your minimum focus distance, but it also lowers your maximum focus distance. Mm-hmm. Meaning once I'm done taking photos of like the ring, up close um, at the wedding, I have to take that extension tube off to continue shooting because otherwise nothing will be in focus beyond like six inches in front of my lens. Mm -hmm. The other thing is it actually lowers your exposure too. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Although that's interesting. It's it's further away. Mm -hmm. So it actually darkens the image. Okay. Yep, I get
1: that. Now, when you buy these extension tubes, uh, normally they'll come in like a multi pack of different yeah, levels a, of separation.
0: I've, I've got a set of three, like a short one, medium one, and a long one, and you can stack them together, uh, as many or as few as you want, or you can just pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can go, you can, you can get pretty ridiculous. Like if you put all three on there, depending on the lens that you have, you could lower the minimum focus distance so far that it actually goes
1: behind the, the into front, the
0: optics into the lens itself which is That's obviously insane. useless but like if you have dust on your lens you can focus on the dust on the lens and then closer which is stupid i mean i don't i don't see why that would be useful at all but <laughs> you can do it a... if you want to get a bokeh shot of lights that are two inches in front of your lens yeah but this is <laughs> this is a good this is a good example of something that would be a easy gift to get. They're not expensive. You can get, a, you know, they're a, dime a dozen on, I don't actually know how much they are, but they're easily i have looked at, into bucks. them
1: on other websites. They're
0: and, like
1: $20. Uh, oh, geez. I was going to say like a hundred or so. I Probably for like a kit like you have that has the multiple sets would be closer to that price range or something that doesn't disable the autofocus because there are versions that I have seen that will totally cut it out. And I feel like okay. it is closer to that $20 to $30 price range. Okay.
0: Yeah. Th- those are like, th- they're, it's not a replacement for a macro lens, but it does again open up a new opportunity. It can it can in allow you to shoot in a different way than before. That's kind of anytime I make a purchase with photography, mm-hmm. it is specifically to either maintain something, like an unsexy memory card, or <laughs> double A's or you know, tripods or light mounts or something like that. Or it's something that like, once I get this, I will now be able to do this. Okay, so how about something that doesn't really adjust your photography quality per se, but is kind of like a nice quality of life improvement, like a better camera strap? For instance, camera strap was, was actually on my list. I, I mean, it wasn't something that I want this year because I'm very happy with my camera strap. But.
1: Right. But in general, if you're going to yeah. buy a gift for a photographer, then, you know, a nicer camera strap, something with padding, something that mm-hmm. can more equally distribute out the weight. Something's more er- ergon, arrogant, er- What is the word? Ergonomic? Ergon is a book. Ergonomic is what you're looking Ergonomic, for. Ergonomic.
0: Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, I mean, getting a nice kind of camera strap, especially if they're the type of person that likes to use two bodies, something that can distribute the weight evenly across both shoulders. I mean, fatigue is one of the biggest obstacles if you're going to be doing like an all-day shoot. No matter what environment you're in,
0: that's a lot of weight. Yeah. So I have an, I have an idea of how we can wrap this up, this, this episode one where we basically just tell everyone what, what gear we want. Sure. <laughs> um, budget aside... If Santa could bring you one thing. 1DX. Wow, that was fast. A 1DX? <laughs> really?
1: Well, I don't know. That seems like a very specific option. Honestly, the biggest thing that I need right now is a 24-70 2.8. Still rocking the twenty-five to or 24-105. to 105. That's right. That's you an don't F4. Have
0: it? Oh, yeah. You don't have it. It's a nice lens, dude. I know. I have it. You've shot with it. I have. Very
1: useful lens. Yeah. The great thing when you uh, have a second shooter on the same system is that. You can use all of their crap. (laughs) You can use all of their crap. It's like taking a nice little trial run of something. But no, in all seriousness, if Joe and I are shooting a wedding, Joe's the primary shooter and I'm the second, then we can literally just, you know, Joe wants a 70 to 200. That means, cool, I get the 24 to 70. Mm -hmm. Joe wants a switch. All right, cool, just come over to each other, swap them out. You're not fiddling around with dust caps. You're not. I mean, sometimes it's still one of those, I wish I had three hand scenarios, but it's so yeah. much easier to just trade a lens back and forth to somebody.
0: What What do you think is 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 my thing that I would really want?
1: Joe, for Christmas 2019, you really want a polo with your logo embroidered on it. So you don't always have to worry about what you're going to wear to a wedding. I hate polos.
0: You want a shirt with your logo? <laughs> no. No. Okay. No, I want a Canon G7X Mark III. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little Portability? Pocket, oh, yes. I've used the Mark II. I've used the Mark II more than once. You've taken some it. amazing photos with the Mark II. Thank you. Yeah. I, I take it backpacking. hmm It's also a really good vlog camera. Okay. So I would... I would Play around with that some. What is the price range for that camera? Uh, right now it's 750 I
1: think. Okay, so it's more more in line than something like an EOS R. Or uh, what is it, the RS? That's The, the mirrorless one? Yeah, there, there's a budget full-frame mirrorless that I want to say is
0: like the 1000 to 15 $1, $1, price range. Yeah, I mean, I actually looked at that one, but this thing is, it's literally pocket-sized. And okay. when, I, when I go backpacking, like I don't like to carry a lot of weight, so I'm just the smallest thing possible. Mm-hmm. But I'll take that one-inch sensor. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And if I need to get, um, a higher resolution, you know, and I obviously don't have a, um, shoot, what's the one? I don't have the camera. You have the camera, the one that's 50 megapixels, the five D S five D S five D S. Yeah. I don't have that. I want to carry it with me. So I just shoot a panorama. Yeah. That's great. Stack it up together and get a freaking huge picture.
1: And I mean, you're probably going to be making a panorama anyway. When you're going to be doing these kind of like mm-hmm. hiking through the hills or mountains kind I'd of shots, I'd prefer not to
0: have to every time. But you know, if I could just have a real wide lens, but yeah, a panorama. Well, it's a
1: nice works. tool in your
0: back pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But I would even take it to weddings. Really? Yeah, I would take it. Heck yeah, I would take it to weddings. Simply, I could take good pictures with that thing. Oh, I know. Be a you. great camera B. It it would be a great camera B. Oh, I see what you're saying. If something happened to the first camera, I could continue with the G7X. It wouldn't be able to sync up to flashes and whatnot, but I could totally use that for some detail shots. Well, it could. Does it have a hot shoe? I don't know, actually. Now I've got to look. If
1: it doesn't have a hot shoe, I mean, you could always optically trigger your flash. I mean, obviously, that's not preferable to a wireless transmitter, but... I mean, when you're shooting a wedding, you've got anywhere between two to maybe even four off-camera flashes set up, and a majority of them can be
0: optically triggered. It it does not have a hot shoe. It does have a pop-up flash, so I guess you could trigger things that way. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, optical triggering on a flash isn't nearly as much of a problem as I've understood that it used to be, because, I mean, most people that are taking... Photos at a wedding or an event where you'd want to have multiple flashes set up. They're using their phones. So they're, they're using not, their yeah. phones. I mean, it's not
0: you know Uncle Joe shooting with his T three. I have anymore. noticed that if you're if you're doing a wedding for a couple who is um, whatever generation before millennial, like if it's a, if it's a slightly older couple, mm-hmm. they'll probably have older friends, and those older friends they'll have cameras with pop up flashes. Okay. So if you're going to a wedding like that. Don't trigger optically because your, your flashes will just be. But you still have the option. I mean, even as a backup camera, that yeah. would be an option. So that would be that would be my thing. Not a polo with my logo on it. It would be a G7 X Mark Three. I do not want to show up to a wedding wearing a polo. You, you've seen what I wear to weddings. I, I've got like kind of a hip look going. You do. You're polo, very a polo would screw that up so bad. <laughs> you can wear the polo. I'll wear the polo. You can wear the polo with my logo on it.
1: That's great. <laughs> Joe for Christmas, I would like a photo or I would like a polo with a Joe High
0: photography logo on it. Oh shoot, I just walked into that. Thank you. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll have to ask Santa. <laughs> All right, anything else we want to bring up? I actually wanted to give kind of an update for what we're planning for this podcast here. This is gonna be at least five, if not more, episodes up because we're recording a whole bunch at once and then launching a bunch at once so that it's not like, hey, Come listen to our podcast, and there's like one episode out mm-hmm. there. So that's why, if you're listening to this, Christmas is probably over. But these are still okay. applicable gift yeah.
1: ideas for any
0: holiday or birthday or anything like that. Yes. The reason I bring that up is because we would still love interaction from anybody who's listening to this. You can go to boca and see more of the podcasts on there. Did you know that we have that website? You told me that you got the domain. We That's got the exciting. Domain. Yeah, we have our own website, man. Wow. Yeah, it's real. We're really official
1: for having... A pink room to record in. A pink room to record in filled with Game Boys
0: and someone cooking in the next room over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe next time we'll try another room and we'll try to work around supper time. That's probably a good idea. So, <laughs> All right, so thanks for listening, guys. If you like this, uh, give us a rating. Let us know maybe some topics that you want to hear talked about looking forward to just meeting more people who are kind of in our situation. Yeah, this has been getting into the industry and stuff. So bringing in other people in the wedding industry
1: that interact with photographers, mm bringing in videographers. It doesn't even have to be weddings. I mean, that's
0: what we primarily tend to shoot. Yeah. But Uh, I mean, this gives us, I'm just excited because this gives us a chance to talk photo stuff. Yeah. Often. I mean, I'd love it if people listen too.
1: we've spent hours talking in the car on the way to shoot. So it's nice to have an option. To
0: be fair, we, had to talk about something during those drives but that's true can't always be dungeons and dragons yeah <laughs> all right so see you next time yeah or, see you hear, later. or hear you next time because this isn't a video talk to you next time. talk to you next time
1: all right we'll work on the exit lane next time
0: yeah because we're obviously stumbling over this bye bye